You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Isn't it good just to pause in the presence of God for a second? Life's busy. This is the importance of Sundays. It's nice to just press pause for a second and just listen for God's voice. Man, I hope you know that today. God loves you and God sees you. He loves you and he sees you no matter what you're going through. Thank you so much for worshiping. You can go ahead and and take a seat. If you got one of those note-taking cards, go ahead and get that out. I have some... uh, a word specifically for today that I believe it's going to bless you. So go ahead and get those ready. Get, there's pens at your table if you're ready to, get to, to start writing. You know, today, uh, or I guess since January, we've been talking about revival. And really this isn't so much a teaching series as it is a theme. Because uh, it's, we've talked about a lot of different things when it comes to revival. But today we're going to talk about how to have revival through continuance. And you may be sitting there thinking, Pastor Dan, what in the world does that mean, right? Does that even make sense? I think it makes sense in my mind, but I'm going to help you make it make sense in your mind if it doesn't yet. Continuance, basically this, perseverance, revival cannot come without us developing a spirit of perseverance. How do I continue on in life when life is good? How do I continue to follow God? How do I continue to follow God when life is tough? How many of you ever faced a situation like that, right, where it's like, man, I, my world has just been rocked, and I don't know, I don't... I, I don't know what to do, right? I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't even know what this afternoon holds. If you've ever been in that situation, this is where my prayer for today and what we're going to talk about will directly apply to you because I think at some point, if you've never been in that situation, you will someday. So prepare yourself, make some good notes today because you're going to need this because how do we continue? How do we persevere whenever um, life happens? And here, here my heart. It can be good or bad, and I'm going to show you that today. So today we're going to talk about this. Two reminders to help us continue in faith. Two reminders to help us. How do we continue, have this spirit of continuance in faith so we can experience revival? The first one is this. It's the Lord is with me now. I have to remind myself that the Lord is with me now. He's with me now. Bless you. (laughs) Uh, That was the cutest sneeze ever. Uh, So... They probably didn't hear that on the podcast, but a baby sneezed in here, so there you go. Uh, the Lord is with me now. Um, so um, here's the thing we have to remember is that Jesus is never far away. If you've made him the Lord and the Savior of your life, he's never far away. The question is, are you aware of his closeness and are you aware of his leadings? I think here's what happens. Sometimes we get so comfortable, things life is going good, that many times we forget that Jesus is close when times are good as well as we forget sometimes that he's close when times are bad. So let's look at Psalm 23. We're going to read the first part of, or first half of this, uh, this psalm today. Psalm 23, verses 1 through 4. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A couple things to notice here. First thing he talks about is this. He's saying, he leads me, speaking about the shepherd. He leads me. 
But then his perspective switches in verse 4, and he makes it personal. He speaks directly to God, and he says, you are with me. You are with me. We're going to talk about the, why does he switch that. We're going to talk about that in just a second. First, let's focus on he leads me. This is how the shepherd leads us. Many times, the, biblically, we're talked about, me and you, talked about as sheep uh, and how we have a shepherd. In fact, this is why Jesus says in John 10, 27, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They hear my voice. I know them. They know me. They follow me, meaning we should be following after Jesus. That may seem pretty obvious if you've been in church for a while. That's the goal. But we see that same theme time and time again. Hebrews 12 says the same thing. Run your race of this life. How? Looking unto Jesus. Our job is to keep our eyes and our ears fixed on Jesus. And I would say this. Our job, even in green pastures and in still waters, is to make sure our eyes and our ears are constantly on Jesus so that we're ready to move when he says it's time to move. I would say this, when things are good, when they're going good, one of the worst things that we can do is to get complacent and comfortable in our walk with God. When things are good, the the worst thing you can do is get complacent and comfortable when it comes to your walk with God. It's easy to seek God when I need help. It's easy to seek God when I'm in the hospital. It's easy to seek God when um, I just got laid off of my job. It's easy to seek God in the tough times. But do I, here's, the real question is this, do I love my Savior enough to seek him in the good times? Do I love my Savior enough to seek him in the good times? Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says this, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Or a, a, probably a more accurate translation would be this, He leads me in straight paths. He leads me in straight paths. And here's why. The shepherd has to lead in straight paths because the sheep will not go around dangerous things. In fact, I did a lot of study on sheep this past week, um, and it's not super interesting, right? But I did it for you guys, so bear with me. I got some fun facts for you today. Um, So one thing about, I I, I was watching this video of the shepherd, and one thing he talked about is the shepherd leads during the day. He leads out front whenever, uh, during the day, when it's bright outside. The sheep can easily see him. But here's what happens. If the shepherd gets too far ahead, or if the sheep aren't paying attention to where the shepherd is, the shepherd will sometimes go around dangerous ravines or cliffs. He'll work his way around. And if the sheep aren't paying attention, they're just enjoying the green pastures, and they're over here with their head down, and the shepherd has made it around safely, around the, the ravine to the other side. And if the shepherd were to call to the sheep, the sheep would literally lift their head, see the shepherd, and run in a straight line towards the shepherd and dive into the ravine to their death, trying to get to the shepherd. Was the shepherd bad? No. Did he, was he leading wrong? No. He led some sheep safely around, the ones that were paying attention. But the ones that got distracted by the goodness of where they were and the comfortability of the green pastures, eventually when they looked up, they were so far away that they tried to catch up and it led to their death. Interesting fact, they um, are not very smart, okay? And so maybe there's a connection between why we are compared to sheep sometimes. In fact, I saw this video on social media. Some of you might have seen this before. Uh, Just a great example of what happens so many times, not just in the life of a sheep, but many times spiritually in our lives as well. Let's check out this video really quick. That's it, right? <laughs> yes, 
I'm free. You set me free. Here we go. I'm going on my own right back into the trench where I came from, right? Stuck upside down. That is a perfect example of what happens. And this is why it says this, that the shepherd, he leads us on straight paths. He leads us in places that are safe and and so we can easily follow him. And so the whole point is this, the shepherd leads in front of the flock during the day. In fact, this is why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and what? He shall direct your paths. He shall direct your paths. He wants to lead you in a straight path because he knows if you're not looking to him constantly, even in the good times, you can be free and running and flying, frolicking, there it is, not frolicking, frolicking around and end up right back in the ravine that he got you out of. He's saying, no, follow me. Look to me. I'm going to show you where to step. I'm going to show you how to get around the dangerous things. I'm going to show you how to stay in a good place from green pasture to green pasture, from still waters to still waters. I want to lead you to places that are good. I'm not going to send you through places that you would dive into and onto your death. But the thing is this, that the sheep try to make their own path, they're going to get lost every single time. And if our eyes and our ears, meaning spiritually, our eyes and ears are not constantly fixed on Jesus, it's not that Jesus has stopped leading me. It's that I'm not aware of his leadings. Can I say that again? If my eyes and ears are not constantly fixed on Jesus, it's not that he stopped leading me. It's that maybe I'm not aware of his leadings. I would say this, in America specifically, one of the greatest tricks of the devil is that he will get, make, allow your life as a believer to get so comfortable that you don't need God for anything. I don't have to pray. I don't have to believe God. I don't have to stand in faith for anything. I got a great job. We're healthy. And I slowly drift off into my own green pasture when the shepherd is walking in the other direction. Why? The enemy has just taken us. If I allow that to happen, he takes me out of the game. I'm no longer a spiritual threat. I'm no longer sharing the gospel. I'm no longer uh, expanding the kingdom of God. None of that is happening because I've allowed comfortability in my green pastures, in my head down, not looking to Jesus, allow me to drift and drift and drift until eventually someday I'll pick my head up and I'll look around and I'll say, where's Jesus in all of this? And he's not anywhere to be seen. This happens all the time. And, and last week was a great example. One of the easiest and first signs that this is beginning to happen is my committing, my uh, commitment level to gathering and assembling together with other believers. First thing to go out the window is church attendance. Once that starts to drift, it's an open door for me to slowly drift out where on my own, isolated, I'm never called to be isolated on my own. That's the best place the enemy can get me so that he can destroy me. So here's the thing. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in the paths of, paths of righteousness or straight paths. And then it changes. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or another translation would say the darkest night, it says you are with me. You are with me. So during the day, the shepherd leads in front of the flock. This is just speaking naturally. Okay? During the day, he leads in front of the flock. The sheep can see him. When he says move, we're following, we're following behind him. Okay? But at night, when it gets dark or when it starts to get dark and the sheep can't see very well when it gets dark, the shepherd then goes from out, being out front to leading within the flock. So he will literally go and stand in the middle of the flock at night and lead them from there. Here's what he does. 
When it gets dark, the shepherd will no longer walk in front, but he'll go to the middle and he will talk nonstop. So how do the sheep know where to go? They follow his voice. They can't see him very well, but they know he's close because of his voice. And then as he moves, he's talking the whole time. And as he's talking, they stay with him. And he's got this this group of sheep that are just following him around, not because they can see well, not because he's out in front of them, but because he's with them in the darkest night. Now, doesn't this make sense why Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow? Because you will walk through the darkest night. You will walk through the the valley of the shadow of death at some point where you say, man, life life sucks right now. Can we be real? It's tough right now. But Jesus is saying, I'm with you. Listen for my voice. And when it gets dark, don't listen to other voices. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Don't listen to other well-meaning people that are speaking into your life, but they're not saying what the shepherd's saying. Don't listen to that. Listen for my voice. And in the darkest night, I'm not stopping leading you. I'm with you. I'm just leading in a different way. You're not looking to me. Where are we going there? No, you're here with me. He leads me here through the darkness. The sheep's vision is limited because of the darkness, and the only way they know where to go is by listening and moving safely when they hear the shepherd's voice say, hey, we're going this way, I'm talking, he's listening, and we're moving with him. When it gets dark, the sheep draw near to the shepherd, and they listen to his voice only. And I would say this, you, can, you cannot have peace, confidence, or stability without drawing near to the shepherd and listening for his voice. It should be a fight for these sheep and for us. It should be a fight to get to the middle and to be by that shepherd. If you look at videos of this when this happens, they are pressed against the shepherd's legs. He can, he's shuffling, basically. They're pressed against him. Why? Because they know where the danger is. The danger is on the outside. If I allow myself to be out here and the shepherd's in there and this is the group and I'm on the edge of this thing, I'm vulnerable for attack. So in our lives, when it gets dark and when it gets tough, spiritually, my job is to fight to get as close to the shepherd as I can. Because when I'm on the edge, I hear all kinds of voices. I need to get in there right next to my shepherd and say, I need to hear you. Where am I going? How do I move forward? Where are we going next? Two things will happen if you don't do that. If you don't draw near and if you don't listen, either like a sheep, you will be frozen with fear or you will wander and get lost. Many times what happens is the lost sheep, whenever they get lost, they will literally lay down somewhere. They'll find a place to lay down and they'll just make that, that bah noise, uh, whatever you call it. They'll, they'll just do that until the shepherd finds them or they are devoured. They, they, don't, they don't wander. They freeze with fear. They'll wander and then they'll pick their head up and say, where's everybody at? <laughs> where's my shepherd at? Where's my crew at? And then they'll find a place to lay down. And this is why Jesus says what? He leaves the 99 to go find the one. He can find it because it's calling out. But the issue is, The sheep will be frozen with fear or wander and get lost. And just like the video we watched, many times will bountifully jump into its own demise. This is what happens to us spiritually. This is why Romans 10, 17 says, Then faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. I have to build my faith by listening for his voice. And when times are tough, I got to get close to Jesus, consume his word, and listen for his voice. So the first thing is this, how do, I, how do I continue in faith when life is good or when it seems dark, 
The same thing as this. The first reminder is remind that the Lord is with me. When times are good, green pastures, still waters, the Lord's with me. Am I still looking to him or am I getting comfortable and drifting? When times are dark, the Lord is with me. I'm not alone. I'm going to draw close to him. I'm going to consume his word and I'm going to build my faith. Even though I can't see tomorrow and I can't see what's around me, I hear his voice. And the voice of a stranger I will not follow. The Lord is with me. The second reminder is this, and I'll wrap up with this. The Lord is waiting on me there. This will make sense here in a second. The Lord is waiting on me there. This is why our God is so good. The Lord is with me now, but he's also waiting on me there. Have you ever, I don't need a show of hands, but think about this. Have you ever been in a situation where you'd say, I want to continue on, but I don't have the strength. I want to continue on, but I don't know how I'm going to face tomorrow. God, I want to keep walking with you. God, I want to keep living my life. God, I want to keep having joy, but I don't have the strength to do it. Ever been there before? I've been there. Have you ever asked that question? How how am I going to face tomorrow? I'll tell you somebody else that, that asked that question was Peter. One of Jesus' best friends, strongest disciples, closest friends. One of the most bold disciples. On the night that Jesus was taken beaten and sent to his crucifixion that night that he was taken what does Peter do at first he wants to fight but then as Jesus predicted what does he do he denies his savior his messiah three times Peter tough guy right walk on water (laughs) but he can't even profess Jesus to a child And now Jesus is going to the cross and here's Peter and he doesn't even have a chance to make it right with Jesus and Jesus is going. He knows Jesus is going to die and Peter has to live with the fact that the last thing that Jesus knew about him was that he denied him, that he even knew him. Not that he was just a disciple. I don't even know the man. And now Peter has to spend the next several days with the guilt and the shame of I denied my Savior, how am I going to face tomorrow? If anyone wanted to die or kill themselves, it would be Peter. I don't know how I can keep living. But look at how good our God is. Let's look at Mark chapter 16. Jesus is raised from the dead, and at this this point, there are people coming to the tomb, and the women are coming to the tomb, and this is where we pick up in verse 5. And when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white robes sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. Guess what? He isn't here. (laughs) He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now look at this. Go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. 
What's the angel saying? Go tell the disciples the good news. The women were the first preachers of the gospel. (laughs) And what did they do? Go tell the disciples. But who did our Savior, who did our God single out? The one who needed it the most. Go tell the disciples, especially Peter. He needs to know. This has been the worst three days of his life. He needs to know. I'm ahead of you. And Jesus is waiting on you. And this is the reminder for us because this is the theme of God's word always for his people. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, today, it's always been the same. The theme is the same. God is always saying, you can continue because I'm ahead of you. God, what's my motivation? How can I face tomorrow? Because Jesus is there. You may not feel like you have friends there. You may not feel like you have any life there, but you do because Jesus is there. He's in tomorrow saying, I'm waiting for you. Keep walking. Keep moving. He says, I'll go ahead of you. And you don't have the answers, but I'm working it out. I'm making a path straight for you. And I'm preparing a way for you. My favor and my blessing are ready. My mercy is new tomorrow. My grace is sufficient for tomorrow. Just keep walking. I'll meet you there. Tell the disciples, especially Peter. Come on. You think of what Peter was responsible for in the New Testament. Man, if he would have given up in that three-day period where he felt like giving up, and I'm reading between the lines a little bit, I understand that, but put yourself in his shoes. If he would have given up, if he would have taken his own life, if he wouldn't have had the perseverance to just keep going, he never would have got this message and he couldn't have been the rock that the church was built on. Look at Deuteronomy 31.8. It says, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. This is the theme of our God. Psalm 139.5, you go before me, oh, this is so good, and follow me. He's not just ahead of us. He's, he's, he's in our past, in our present, and in tomorrow at the same time. That's how big our God is. He already knows. He's already figuring it out. He says, it says, you place your hand of blessing on my head. Man. Isaiah 45, 2. I'll go before you. I'll make the crooked paths straight. Do you see it? Same as in Psalms. Lead straight paths, righteousness. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Meaning this, he's ahead of you. Does it mean tomorrow does not have any battles in it? No, tomorrow's got battles. But guess what? You won't face it alone. You're not in tomorrow alone. You don't go into tomorrow in your own strength. 
Who do we think we are that we think we could go and I can handle the pressure and I can deal with my own sin tomorrow and I can break this addiction tomorrow or I can face tomorrow without the help of my Savior? His promise is this. Keep walking. How, God? I have nothing left in the tank. I'm already in tomorrow. I'm here with you and I'm gonna be with you tomorrow. I'm waiting on you there. My grace is sufficient in your weakness. I've heard that said so many times and I've read it in God's word so many times. But can I tell you, it hasn't been until the last year or so that I truly understood what that meant. Because whenever that was said, that God said, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul's writing and he's, he's pleading with God for help. I need help. Can you help me out? God's response, my grace is sufficient for you. There's been times in my life, and especially this past week, where I, I can't even think about tomorrow because I don't know if I have the strength to keep going. But God always reminded me, my strength, my grace is sufficient for you. And that's where I get my strength from. Not in my own power, but through his grace working in my life. And if you hear anything today is this. How do we have continuance? It's remembering these two things. God's never abandoned me. He's not far from me. He's with me. He may be leading in a different way because whether life is good, he's in front of me. When it gets dark, he's near me. I need to draw near to him. He's with me. The second thing is, is <laughs> that he's in tomorrow already. He's waiting on me there. How do I have motivation? I have no fuel in the tank. How do I keep moving? He's there. I'm just going to Jesus then. I'm going from Jesus today to Jesus tomorrow. And that's my motivation because I don't want to do it alone. He says, you don't have to. But God told me to tell you today, keep going, son. Keep going, daughter. Don't stop now. If you're facing a difficult season, now's not the time to put on the brakes. And I'm not saying you gotta charge the enemy with all the, everything in you. I'm saying I understand you might not have anything left in the tank, but just keep walking to Jesus. He loves you and he sees you. He's waiting on you there. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I wanna pray for those of you in here who need that strength today. I'm not gonna have you come up front, but I'm gonna say a prayer right up here from stage over you. And if you're in here today and you'd say, Pastor Dan, I felt like quitting. I felt like stopping. I've lost, I don't know how I'm gonna face tomorrow. I don't have any fuel in the tank for tomorrow. If that's you today, I can't let you walk out of here without me praying over you and God restoring and refreshing your soul, as he said in Psalm 23. If that's you, I'm gonna pray for you personally, right up here. I'm not gonna have you come up front, I'm just gonna have you raise your hand so I know who I can pray for. If that's you, you say, that's me, and I felt like stopping, but I need that strength today. Would you raise your hand? I see that hand, I see those hands over here. I see those hands, I see that hand. Once you raise it, you can put it back down. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. I need, I need some strength, I see that hand. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, 
Lord, we thank you that you are good and you do good. You said that you are the good shepherd. You care for your sheep. You stand guard. You protect us. You provide for us. And God, I thank you that in times when we don't know how we're going to face tomorrow, I thank you that the theme of your word is that you are already ahead of us and you're already making plans and you're already working it out for our favor. You are working things for good for those of you, for those that serve you. And Lord, I declare that today over everyone that just raised their hand. For everyone in here, everyone that's on the, listening on, online or watching online, I pray, Lord, that if they're in need right now of that motivation to continue to persevere through this time, I pray that right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would breathe on them and give them strength for today and give them your grace, which is sufficient for anything that we face. Lord, would you help them remember that you haven't abandoned them? Would you help them remember that you see them, that you know them, that you know the tears that they've cried? And God, would you help them remember that you are in tomorrow and you're waiting for us there? You're with us here and you're waiting there for us and we will meet you tomorrow. And you'll walk with us again and lead us again. Would you refresh our souls today? Encourage our spirit. Wrap us in your loving arms today. For those that need it the most, God. Speak to them right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.